Slay Nation. We're back with another episode of the So She Slays podcast. And today I have a crowded room a little bit. It's normally just like two of us, but now we get three of us. So Chauncey, our co-founder, is in with us today. And we have Alexis with us as well. Chauncey, say hi. Hi, everyone. I'm super excited to, you know, to come back to So She Slays podcast. You know, I love hanging out with Heather. And I just love being here. But today we have one of our new friends that we we're able to meet at Create and Cultivate a few weeks ago in LA, which was a really dope event. We have one of the amazing people named Alexis Holyfield. Please tell everyone who you are, what you do, and why you're so amazing. Because we love you. So just tell people why they should love you too. Because you have such a great spirit. So please tell us who you are. First of all, thank you, Heather and Chauncey, for having me today. It's a privilege and pleasure to be able to share a space with people who you are helping cultivate. So I'm honored to be here. A little bit about what I do outside of being just a normal human and light worker, right? <laughs> always excited, always wanting others to see greatness and things is I'm a wealth strategist, a certified cryptocurrency expert and professional day trader. Oh my gosh. That's money. You... All I heard was money. All, yeah. I, heard was money. All, all I heard was just dollar signs. <laughs> I, heard I heard money. I heard just just amazing vibes like I just heard I just I just heard dollar dollar bills and I got excited <laughs> so please please tell us everything more about how we could be like you when we grow up oh my gosh I know what we're gonna talk about today's subject is a little bit more you know we know how to make the money but we don't necessarily know what happens after we make the money other than taxes so it's like how do we make the money but then how do we hold on to the money after the money is made um i'm hoping you can share some of your founding principles and uh, foundational information in which we can share with our audience so that not only can chauncey and i know these things but the rest of slay nation can yeah, we that. need to know. We need to know because <laughs> I got money. Topic, I need more money. Today's topic, if we were writing this down, is that Slay Nation secures the foundation. That's the recording. That's, That's the title of the podcast right there. So, yes, Slay yes. Nation secures financial foundation. And I love it. I that, Heather, because something that you said about foundation, which is extremely important. And so I always tell this story where, you know how we have, like they say, real estate. Everyone knows about real estate. And it's a house, right? houses have the most value what if someone came and gave you all the materials that were necessary to build the house and they brought you a picture of the house completed but didn't bring you any tools that's messed up that's mm, interesting keep going that's the equivalent there's the three e's that i call them that are foundational right because a lot of us are focusing on economic home right which is important that's why we work we go to school you know we're hustling we're branding all of these things but the other two homes that are just as important is our emotional home and our energetic home because mm. if those two are not together we can't pursue the economic home those are the three most important homes or real estate that we have but no one has given us the tools or the blueprint on how to master those things I feel like you totally hit a topic there because I think a lot of people talk about it and they they state the facts but then that's it I'm like what, what do I do with that Right. Yeah. It's like they provide information, but not implementation. So that kind of goes mm. back a little bit about what we were briefly discussing before we were recording, as far as we have a completely different opportunity than our parents had, right? Like our yes. grandparents, they didn't have the same access to inform- information and technology that we have today. No. Even when Henry Ford was making the car, like that was mind blowing for them that you can have a horseless carriage. 
Now yes. there's like cars that they're driving as jet skis. Like the advancement, <laughs> the advancement <laughs> is insane, right? So they they had advancing technology, but they didn't have the information. If we needed to know something, we had to go to a library or go to an academy or go to some sort of university. Yes. In our fingertips, we have a ton of information and technology that has allowed you two to be connecting with me from across thousands of miles to impact hundreds of thousands of people's lives. Mm -hmm. So we've been able to monopolize on the transition of information and technology, which is the pro, right? Because there's duality. That's a great thing. The not so great thing is that we have so much information. No one's teaching implementation. Oh my gosh. Okay. That yes. part. That part. Absolutely. Because so now I we can Google how to budget, how to save, how to yes. how do we know the information's accurate? And if the information is accurate, how do we move forward to implementation? Implementation is the key part that everything is missing. I feel like like I can learn all of this stuff, but how do, what do I do after I learn it? What do I do after I consume all of this knowledge? And yeah. I want to agree with what you're saying. Because as, so as we're advancing, right, people are information junkies. Like mm, yes. human brain back to dinosaur days is a computer. Computers are made after this computer. So we're all, the moment we have a problem, we overload information, information overload. Because True. we have so much information, they call it paralysis analysis. Yeah, exactly. You stifle. So much information that we're paralyzed. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. where do I start? Like, what do I do? You know, so That's there's true. So different questions. So to sum up the seminar in a sentence, it's, I truly believe that the first steps to Slay Nation, really securing the financial foundation, is two things. If we're writing mm. this. Okay, tell us. I'm ready. Come on, write it down, people. Get the your pen and paper. that we have to framework is we have to unlearn to relearn. Okay. Mm. Right? Relearn. Meaning, okay. meaning. So a lot of us have information. Yes. And so the word information actually means mind information. Like, you know, they say information and the whole line. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> information. The the material that you're taking in, if it's information, is supposed to align the neurological pathways information to execute something. Okay. Oh, okay. You do that, right? If yeah. The, the light is red. That's information. We get information to stop. Mm-hmm. That's what true. If, that's true. What if, we, what if we have misinformation? Or a better oh, one gosh. is knowledge is power. Oh. But what if I have Ooh. the wrong Yeah. Because it's misinformation. So we have to unlearn to relearn. Okay. Okay. Right? Ooh. Right? That's true. Well, That's very true. Millennials are around age, according to Google, between <laughs> 18 and 42. Ooh. I have this income to your meditation and I realized like, Oh, wow. So that's what unlearn and relearn means. I've heard this. I've been studying neuroscience for the past decade. So Mm -hmm. I studied neuroscience, neuroplasticity, physics, metaphysics, quantum physics. I'm like a nerd. I love all that stuff. And it really makes up our universe. So it's important to me. But they said zero to 18 were made up of other people's information. That's true. I mean, that makes makes total sense. It's everything that people tell us. You're influenced by your your parents, your teachers, your friends, like everything around your influence especially the younger generation they're influenced by the internet 24 7 like your social media so that makes sense like we're so influenced by people around us that we forget to be ourselves so the growing peer when you're in college is like yourself or you know young adulthood and stuff like that exactly 
So wow. we haven't thought about that. Is that between zero to seven, we're completely unconscious of what's happening. We're just taking in our environment. Between eight and 16, we're deciding like, okay, now I'm projecting this environment. And based on your family or your friends and the trends, they either accept or don't. Mm. So, you know, like when we're at school, we're like 10, 11, 12, 13. We want to fit in with our friends and the trends. So yes. if, if they're wearing Vans high tops, then we're going to wear Vans high tops to give that off. And hopefully they accept. And that's how we make our friends. That's true. Okay? Facts. But age 18, right, is when we should start to understand that. But no one has talked to us about the fact that, hey, like, can you imagine if we had a class after high school called millionaire school where they're like, hey, just so you guys know, between the age of zero and 18, everything that you've learned as if it's misinformation as you're moving forward until you apply it and it sticks. Like if your parents were terrible, like my mom was always late. <laughs> she was always late. We moved five minutes down the street from the school and I had- Didn't matter. And it still said, always late. <laughs> when I first got into corporate America, guess what I was? Always, always late. Time. I always. wish you were always on time. I wish you were always, I hope that you were always on time, but you're conditioned was, to be always late because your mom did it so, so long. Even if, even if I planned it in my mind, I still somehow waited. If I woke up two hours earlier, I still somehow was getting dressed an hour before. Slower and all yeah, of slow. it. Right. I get it. So I had to yeah. learn that, hey, that was mom's way of doing things. And that didn't work out that well for her. Mm. No. Let me relearn what's effective. Mm. to get better results which is being on time so in retrospect of finance I have a question I want to turn the question to you ladies how did your parents handle finances oh my gosh well uh, okay so both of my parents grew up with no money at all and so a lot of their finances and their financial decisions and their financial attitude was a scarcity mentality a very like we don't have enough you only have a certain amount and you either spend it here or you spend it here and that's it. You don't get both. Um, and so it, it's something that I have learned as an adult that I don't like that mindset, but implementation, I don't really know how to go about changing it. Um, so I, as an adult have recognized, I don't like that train of thought. I don't like the behavior. I don't like the anxiety that that brings of never having enough. But again, you recognize it, but I don't really know how to implement change around that. Right. Chance? Oh, so my parents, they're very, very open about finances growing up. Like they taught us like, you know, what we need to know, what we didn't need to know and stuff like that. But both my parents, my mom is from the Bay Area. So she was raised in a really, you know, two working household, especially in the 60s and 70s. And she has a mentality, everyone kind of has to, like, you know, we work, we work, we go to school. My dad's from Detroit, you know, and like when Detroit was like, you know, with the GM Motors cars, like that's what century he's in because he's, you know, elderly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I love my dad, but he's elderly. But like, you know, he came from a, you know, a background of, you know, working in GM, he's an engineer. So I lived a life that my parents always told me, to work hard for your money, earn your money, but there is abundance. So I was raised like with an abundance, like I always have an abundance mindset. I always have like positive thinking mindset, manifest money, manifest like goodness around you and always think positive about money. But they also told me how to, you know, save money, how to diversify money and stuff like that and everything. And like, 
yeah, like I was about talking to abundance. So I guess me have had opposite. Like your parents were like, you know, no, my parents were like money, like abundance, like and but my both my parents always taught my sister and I how to educate ourselves about money, but also work hard for me and how we can like keep money going. But also mm-hmm. like we would love to hear more about money because even though my parents gave me the foundation and tools, I know I could be better with money as an adult. Mm-hmm. You know? But yeah. yeah, like I live in abundance. Like my parents are very like great with teaching us how we had to work hard and always be better than the best because we were black women in America. We had to like do better to make better for ourselves. So that was always a thing. I love that. And just to piggyback on what both of you said, right? And thank you all for sharing that. Thank you for asking. (laughs) The unlearning and relearning because parts of both sides are positive. I like to say things always construct or deconstruct us, right? Yes. So what's constructing for you, Chauncey, is that your parents talked about an abundance mindset, mm-hmm. right? That's constructive. But what's deconstructive is that they've instilled in you that you have to work hard for money. Yes. So naturally, yes. you're always going to be trying to do more to make more money. Yes. And the velocity of money makes more money, not you. Yes, that's true. But that's very true. That our parents didn't have access. That information was very was held very tightly by the wealthy by the wealthy and affluent. They don't want yes. competition. Now they can't avoid it because they yes. need the information. That part, that part. So it's like, I have, and for you, Heather, right? It's positive that they were very conservative, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's constructive in a sense because at least you're not like, oh, I'm, I have like clients who, one of my clients, she's like a celebrity stylist and we made this joke because I was like, girl, no more throwing your money off the balcony. She has videos of her just like throwing money. Off. And I'm just You're like, like, what are you doing? Wait, what? <laughs> what? Let me get the bucket. Like, what are you doing? Like, like give it to me. Okay. <laughs> pour it on me. Just give me the right, money. Pour, just pour the money on me if she's going to throw it off the balcony, right? <laughs> but so that's constructive. It's like, hey, definitely not throwing my money off the balcony because no. it could come for a better day. But it's deconstructive sometimes because I also personally still deal with that. Mm-hmm. I will not, if I like, it doesn't matter how much money I make. I would treat myself to nice things, but I'm always on cheapo air or e-drink. Yes. I will do a first class flight from there. I'm looking up discount codes. Again, because the construction of let's not waste money. People are planning mm-hmm. But let's also still have an abundant mindset so that way we can show the universe through energy and intention, hey, I'm not afraid to release this because I know that you're going to bring it back tenfold. So that's just yeah. kind of what we unlearn and relearn. It's like unlearning the things that may not serve us and then relearning the things that are positive and how you can reconstruct them. Like for you, Heather, when you said, oh, how do I implement this? How do I change that mindset? Mm-hmm. I like to say ADD. Like, you know, people say people have ADD. Yes. Yeah. I yes. A few people. I change it to assess, decide, and divide. Assess. Ass- wait. Decide. Assess what? Assess. Decide. Uh huh. You guys know what the word decide means? Yes. Like make it a choice. Run, it actually like is a synonym synonym of the word homicide, which means to cut. Like if you look yes. like de cut, oh. like decide mm-hmm. is to cut out other options. Yes. Right? Oh, okay. So assess, okay. decide, and then divide. So. Ooh, that's sexy. I like that. Right? So it's like, yeah, I have ADD. What is that? I'm always assessing, deciding, and dividing. Right? We have yes. those thoughts. And the fact you just assess them. You just said, my parents taught me ABC. And mm-hmm. then you decide, wow. okay, 
which part of that can I cut out that may not be serving my future self? My future self uh -huh. sees slaying. What doesn't look so attractive on her? True. I'm going to decide to cut that out. And then I'm going to divide from that action. So that way I can focus more on the options that I've decided to move on with, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. I love that. So I, I want to get into this because I kind of feel like the ADD is a little bit of like the implementation factor of this. Right. And also, I mean, I can't even tell you, like, I love, I mean, I checked out the podcast you were just on like the 1% club or whatnot. Oh, so I mean, you did fabulous. I loved it. Um, but also too, it's like, I love learning about this stuff, but again, it's information junkie. I don't know how to implement it. Right. And that's like 99.9% .9 of us out here just consuming content. Um, just here, <laughs> just here. So I've heard like, oh, uh, you know, change your mindset, you know, like abundance mindset universes, you know, I'm going to let this go in the universe. But like, then I'm like, okay, well, that also doesn't really one address a lot of our audience that is like, I don't even know how to do that or like address where to start with that. Um, or it's one of those like, okay, I can let this go, but uh, what am I doing? Crossing my fingers that I can pay my bills? Like, <laughs> that is true. So I would love if you can kind of just like, let's just talk about ADD and let's talk about like this this abundance mindset or like letting it go and having the philosophy of money just coming coming back to us because I feel like it's a little far-fetched for some people no it definitely is because we've been indoctrinated and mm, I yes. use that word because I looked it up and I'm like okay so it's a certain <laughs> set of beliefs that they put on us in school there's True. a lot of things about our school system I can't say for everyone right because some people went to private school I went to private school for like the first first through fourth grade but after mm -hmm. that was all public school right so what I remember learning I haven't had to use it yet right mm. like my senior year I had Mandarin well my junior and senior had Mandarin one and two I had pre-calculus and trigonometry and all my classes were mm -hmm. oh graduated. sorry you you lost me at like trigonometry I, I'm sorry <laughs> math to me is just a foreign language in my eyes like I'm yeah. not mm, god bless so you it was like first semester First semester was pre-calculus and then the second semester would be trigonometry. But they had like one and two, right? So you have mm -hmm. to do like 11 eight. And I finished with a 4.4 because of course, if you have AP classes, they naturally yeah, fill it up more. But none of those skills assisted me when it came to understanding how to read a financial statement, which is one of the most no. important things that we should know how to do in a capitalist country. Now, if we lived in Indonesia, then we could have a different conversation about <laughs> way through this right we're gonna meditate like through said, just waiting for it to come back and you know the bread's gonna pop up as soon as we open our eyes like and everything's gonna be great I'm so hilarious that's, that's true though if I could just be meditating my money that'll be great but no in like high school even college like I didn't know how to read a financial statement I didn't know like the interest the AP all that stuff like I had to ask my parents, I was like this, what does this mean? Like, why is the money not, like, why is it like the balance still super high? Like, you're not paying on the interest. I'm like, what is interest? But I didn't learn that. Oh, I didn't know. I was like, I didn't learn that econ in high school. I didn't learn that. Like, I don't even think I took econ and I don't even think we yes. went over that. Yes. Like I took econ. I have not remembered. I do not remember that or all these classes I took. I do not recall that even as a business major, as a, a business minor, 
I remember learning like tidbits of it, but it was not like, I can't run a business if I don't know how to take care of my own business. And they didn't teach me that. They just told me how to work for someone else's business. Mm-hmm. So that so, work yes. be, worker that bee status. Worker bee slavery. Status, right? And the thing is this, there's two parts because okay. I had a conversation with a friend and actually it was my uncle now that I'm remembering <laughs> back who was that conversation with. It was my uncle, right? And I'm going to say what he said. And I agree with him because there's two okay. sides of the employee and employer sector, right? A lot of content creators are making it uncool to have a job. Yes. There's nothing wrong with having a job. There's nothing Facts. wrong. Nothing. It's actually better to have an employer who's investing in you while you're learning the acumen that you need to successfully run a business. Mm-hmm. What I would say is like, hey, why not getting into a space that aligns with kind of what you want to do? Like if you want to be a content creator before you just quit your job, why don't you go be an executive assistant for a production company and see how it works or a social media company? You know, as long as it aligns, because I feel yes. what my uncle was saying is a lot of content creators are making it uncool. So people like the unemployment rates are so high because over COVID now everyone's a master at like everything. <laughs> yes. And they have digital products. They suddenly are like digital managers of e-commerce stores. They all have Airbnbs. They all have trucks now. I mean, it's everywhere. The entrepreneur, but we still don't have the proper information that we need. Mm-hmm. On the other side of that, right, as an employer, now that we're getting into the business sector of things, we unfortunately were not taught what it takes to run a business at all. Like, because it doesn't serve the economy. If, mm-hmm. if everyone's an entrepreneur, who's opening up the gym? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm facts. Who's getting me coffee in the morning? Look, we worked at the gym, Heather, so we know that. I mean, that's where Chauncey and I met. Chauncey and I met at the gym. 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 We both worked at a gym while we were going to grad school. Opening that door in the morning, okay? Checking in those people with those cards, giving them a towel. With real money. Yes. And fast forward, look at what you guys are able to accomplish after the fact. So I just think that the fundamentals are still the same, right? Yes. As an employee, I feel like the the cursor when it's duality, right, is yes, it's security, but it's not predictability. Mm -hmm. And entrepreneurs do the opposite. We don't want predictability. We want security. But we only get security through our intention, through what we're producing. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it takes longer. So we don't have the same predictability to get a check every Friday. Mm-hmm. Right, but we have positions that we're securing that will quantum leap us once we obtain that level. So even with a job, you have predictability, but you don't have security, and you mix that with not having information of how to maximize what we're earning. A lot of people that I know that work, and this is not just nine to fives, but you know, salary, whatever, they mm-hmm. spend every dollar because they're expecting the next one to come in. Yes, versus the security. An entrepreneur is like. You know, once once you guys have the wealth allocations, which Slay Nation will have that before we get off the call, it's like, I have to divide every dollar to make sure mm-hmm. that I come for my future self. There's a little portion, 30, you know, 30 cent of this dollar towards marketing, and then another 30 cent for my bills, <laughs> because we don't have the same predictability mm-hmm. of information and implementation on both sides of employee and employer. Yes. That's true. Okay. So we kind of deconstructed here a little bit 
I would love to be able to kind of dive in with some action items for our audience when it comes to stepping out and actually, you know, learning the ADD method, but also like summoning the money philosophy to come rain in on me like call me, on me. lady gaga over here i love rain that song you know, you know hit I love me that up song. some ariana grande no, i know you love that song even though it seems like we went off track we were still on full circle right because yeah a, we're still here the a for assess is figuring out where am i am i an mm-hmm. employee or an employer because yes. what i'm deciding and dividing will be different Okay. Very right. true. So, like I said, if we're writing this down, the first step is to unlearn, mm-hmm. relearn, right? Is to assess. Yes. That's where, that's where assess yes. comes from. Because what are we unlearning? I don't know what, what I'm unlearning unless I assess what I know. So, mm-hmm. in, in terms of first question, again, if we're writing this down, it's like, what is my mindset around money at this time? Yes. Just as honestly as possible with yourself. Like we're so used to sugarcoating, as you said, answers. Mm-hmm. Like God forbid a person, I feel for HR people because they meet representatives <laughs> every day. Yes. <laughs> you chat GBT that answer. And I don't know if that really aligns with. No, people. no. So we nope. have to get honest with ourselves and really ask, what is the mindset that I have around money at this time? Mm-hmm. The second question. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is one how do you say like one B, right? Because one A. Yes, one so A and one B. Right, it's ADD. So there's assess. One A is what is my mindset around money. Mm-hmm. Two A is what is my desired mindset around money. That's the first Ooh. step. It's identify. Ooh. Okay, so this is where I am now. And even if it's in words, some people are like, "What am I supposed to write?" Just what comes to mind first for Chauncey? It would be hardworking. You know, mm-hmm. I have to work hard for money. I'm going to be excellent at what I do, but money comes to me easily. There's an abundance, right? Yes. Versus the ideal. What would your ideal mindset be around money? Ooh. I should, I should always believe in abundance, but I don't have to work hard for it all the time. I'll have to like always be the best. Because yeah. I think I push myself a lot to be the best to get money, but money's going to come because it's going to come. Exactly. Yeah. And so also what they say is like one of the mantras that I usually say is that my energy attracts my income and I put my money to work for me. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's not that's not the side line right there. Right? I love like that. My energy attracts my income. So versus thinking, oh, how good I am. I mean, working for someone or I have to show up this way or what sometimes people do things that they may not want to do mm-hmm. um, for money consistently. Just affirming we're talking about bringing energy in. Right. The reason why I started with the three homes and the first one being energetic and then emotional, then economic is because again, you have to address those two before you get some money, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Understanding your energy, what frequency am I even on? Am I walking around when I, when I slide my debit card and I'm like, am I like, God, I don't want (laughs) to I could buy this today. (laughs) I could have got this fever. I could have got this for free. Or we've all been there. With, even if your account is maybe not where you always want it to be or more, when you're taking your card, I'm like, I have an abundance and I have more than enough. Mm-hmm. Those are two different energies that you cannot see, but are completely creating your reality, right? Mm-hmm. That's the first thing is really addressing and identifying what is my mindset around money now? And then what is my desired mindset around money? 
right? Mm-hmm. You have to ask those so two sides. So then the second one would be, what is my relationship with money? Because your mindset around something could be different than your relationship with it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. Okay. Right? Like you can say, oh, I can't like, here's an example, which, oh, actually, before I move forward, Heather, we skipped you. What is your, what is your desired mindset around money? I know that you went over, you know, construct. Yeah. Um, I just, I would not want to be stressed about working or having enough, like working right. enough or having enough. I just don't want to no, worry about it. When we're writing these things down, writing them down in I am form oh. is a secret, right? Ooh. In every religion, spiritual mm-hmm. space, affirming and commanding versus asking. Makes yes. I want to be better with money. I am better with money. That's true. Mm-hmm. The mindset of it. Yes. Okay. Even when I write my goals down, I used to be like, I want to accomplish. I, I, now no, I am. I am accomplishing XYZ and not by some time because the universe could have a sooner time for me and now I'm pushing it back 10 months and it really could have came next week from a grant I don't know <laughs> yeah anything anything on the street anything. a dollar yeah, on, so on the street anything assessing what is your mindset what is your relationship now and the desired and then what is the relationship so the example I was going to go into before because I, I wanted to make sure I got you Heather as well it's like people who work for money would you say that they care or don't care about money People that work for money, say that again. Yeah, like us, whether they're an employee or an employer mm-hmm. or self-employed, do you think that they care about money? I think everybody cares about money. Right. So we care about it, but do we have the relationship with it like we care about it? No. No. Mm-mm. So they, they have I think a lot of people have a toxic relationship with money. <laughs> yes, a lot of red flags. And that's where the assessment comes in. Because we're identifying the two questions that we just went over for the now and the ideal, right? But then there's also the question of what is my relationship with money now? Mm. I make money, you know, I work hard for money, right? Mm-hmm. But on the other side of that, if we if we have a relationship, let's just use nature. If we planted a seed in the ground mm-hmm. and we're going to collect all the seeds, right? That's what we're going to work for. We go to work, get the seed, bring it home, plant it. But we never water it. We never take care of it. it. We don't even know how to take care of it. We don't know how to fertilize the ground. We don't know how to make it grow. (laughs) How can I say I care about money, but I don't manage it and I don't measure it? Mm. Right? Because the whole thing when I met Chances, I was saying one of the biggest things that I've been working on is called femininity and finance, right? And making it sexy. Like it's attractive for a woman to at least know how to budget. Because yes. that shows he's a nurturer. That shows that I have something and I can multiply it because mm-hmm. I can manage it. How can I measure something if I don't manage it? Well, how can you say you care about it if you don't manage or measure it? Mm-hmm. So that's You're not taking care of it. That. Those are the first action steps is A, is assessing. Like in really having a session with self, like on a Sunday, grab you some tea, light a candle or herb stick, whatever people's preference are. And just getting real with yourself, like, where am I now and where do I desire, desire to be? Mm-hmm. Onto the D, which is divide. Once I've assessed, right, what is my mindset around money now? Mm-hmm. What is the mindset around money that I desire? What is my relationship around money now? What is the relationship that I desire with money? The question is, 
what are the attributes and characteristic traits? Like, what does that look like, right? Because now you wrote down your now and your ideal. You may want to not divide with all of your now. Mm. Because some of your now may be healthy. We're so like, oh, oh that was instilled. That's wrong. No, that's why we divide. Because some of that is good, right? It's some still good. Positive. So that's where the divide comes in. Let me divide this list up and see what's constructive for me now. Mm-hmm. That will be good for my now and my future self. And what's mm-hmm. not conducive, we'll divide that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we divide that. And it takes time, right? It's not something that happens overnight. It's a consistent journey. And then lastly is to divide, right? Or excuse me, it's assess, decide, divide, right? So mm-hmm. oh, yes. that's the second one. We went over the second one first. The third one is making the decision to implement what it is that you just established because that's the hard part we've established that already the hard part is the implementation the hard part is saying wow i've had a clarity in my mindset around money and my relationship around money i've identified what doesn't serve me and what does serve me but how do i make a decision now to implement this in my life for my life or for the season or for this week that's the hardest step you all have so powerful because now the idea is that more people will want to get into their finances and just see what's going on and they'll mm-hmm. have accountability because if we mm-hmm. don't have accountability, we don't take action consistently. That's true. That's so true. Who's there to hold us accountable? Most people start gym memberships and the gym memberships are the highest in January. <laughs> yes. Everybody, yes, everybody got good intentions. Y'all try. We, I'm just we, like, who are you are not tribe. You're never, not. You never were here. On my, you are oh not my, the regular. I'm like you're all my already... at my time. I hate that. Like you're all my bro at this time. That's not your time. This is my time. I clocked you before. Trust me, I have real beef with people that gym and jam with this. Well, who are you? It's not who I think it is. I'm like you're still here. Yes, you're but then March. I always say March. March is like most people are Drop out. off. So the cool thing, but not cool thing, is that we do that with everything in our lives that's so true Facts. that's so true i do no, that i do that with yes. other things in my life yes and i so go hard she, and then go bad she's like go good then go bad but what if we got a yes napoleon are you guys familiar with napoleon hill no. no really okay so napoleon hill you guys have, i'm sure someone in the tribe knows napoleon hill probably so he was a journalist okay years ago and so do you guys know who andrew carnegie is yes mm-hmm. okay so Napoleon Hill was a journalist for Andrew Carnegie. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Andrew, Andrew Carnegie asked him and said, "Hey, if I, if you were op- if you were offered an opportunity of a lifetime that was for your purpose and desire, but you couldn't mm-hmm. get it for five years, would you do it?" And yes. he had a timer under his desk. See how fast you guys answered? Yes. That's <laughs> for thirty yeah. seconds. Yeah. Got down to five seconds before Napoleon Hill said yes. And it reads on to say, if he would have got down to zero, the opportunity would have been taken away. Wow. Because he said, yes, Andrew Carnegie, Andrew Carnegie was one of the wealthiest men. Yes. He sent Napoleon Hill to interview all the top people, the top wealthiest people in the nation and ask them questions like podcast style. And he made yeah. a transcribed it all, made a book called Think and Grow Rich. I've right? heard of that book. I think I've heard of that. Yeah. And so it's guess what book top. is gonna is gonna be ordered? <laughs> Amazon Prime right now. But I heard that book. Yeah. And it, it's titled that Think and Grow Rich, right? So that way you can kind of yeah. get your mind information, you're thinking rich, and substantially you grow your wealth. But where I was going with that is 
one of the most powerful principles is called the mastermind principle. Mm. Because when you have two or more who come together, there's a collective consciousness of energy telepathically that we create that opens up other opportunities mm. that get us excited, that would just kind of accelerate our growth and our goals. So really to answer your question, if I could put it in one sentence, right, is to really understand this. We've been indoctrinated to believe that wealth is a monetary game. Wealth mm -hmm. is not a purely monetary game. So we're all just working, 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 working. But the wealthy and the financially affluent, there's a book called Family Wealth, which I talked about on the podcast, where mm -hmm. they give the orders of assets for which mm -hmm. they construct for five generations. So for something to to translate for five generations, that means they had a manual. Remember, we went into that, right? Yes. We house, and we have tools, but no manual. It's like we America's our house. Mm -hmm. Yes. They've given it. We are a little bit more advanced than other countries when it comes to credit and money and stuff. They gave us the tools. They gave us jobs, school, money, but they never gave us a manual. They never gave mm -hmm. us a manual for money that would get us ahead of them. Never. And a part of that manual for money is that money is not the motivation. Your human and intellectual asset is the motivation. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the energetic and emotional house come in first before the economic. Mm -hmm. Right? Because mm -hmm. like you're asking, how do we get all this money to just flow in? <laughs> you align your energy. With that. You wake up in the morning, clap your hands, break the, break the anatomy of that you've been sleeping. I am wealthy. I do have a wealthy mindset, right? How do mm -hmm. I get my emotions in line with that energy? Because feeling good is a strategy. Yes. I'm gonna listen to some podcasts that talk about it. I'm going to go into my imagination and I'm going to see the 10.0 version of Heather. I'm going to see the 10.0 version of Chauncey. In my mind's eye, when you go outside, the circumstances and coincidences, synchronicities, synchronicities that will happen, I want to talk to you guys about it in part two. Because I know for certain that my entire life has been manifested, as they call it. But it's not really about manifestation. It's really just about assessing, deciding, and dividing. Assessing, yes. am I every day energetically? Am I late? Like, do I feel tired when I wake up in the morning? Am I like, I don't want to go to work today? Am I stressed out? I'm blocking my abundance. Mm -hmm. Where's my emotions? Mm -hmm. And I shift them because emotions literally means energy emotion. So no motion, no energy is ever stuck. No. If you have an extended period of emotion, it's called depression. Right? That's true. That's true, though. That's like true. If you want to keep putting, if you want to keep focusing on that energy and emotion, it's depression, right? That's true. And lastly, the economics. We're assessing, deciding what serves, what doesn't, and dividing what serves, and keeping what or dividing what doesn't serve and keeping what does like mm -hmm. that's and that's 10 years of, of of study that i'm trying to just like say in a sentence or 20 30 minutes like this is a decade of just understanding like how does this even work right because you notice when yeah. millionaires go broke they usually get they usually become a millionaire again uh, yeah quickly. the average person doesn't become a millionaire once so what is the difference between those two people yeah, but that's so true. And I love how you're so like enthusiastic and so passionate about what you're doing because a lot of people say these things, but there's no passion behind. There's no like wanting to share, which is beautiful. Like you love to share and you love to like teach people and, and have them actually understand what you're saying, which is key. 
and you feel mm-hmm. you feel like I know for a fact like you know what you're talking about because obviously you do your career but the thing is you want to teach others which is important because we shouldn't be gatekeeping we should be able to help other people to learn and grow to all of us to be you know have that mindset to grow and have that money work for us which is key so thank the you the interesting thing is when I was 17 I attended a three-day seminar called secrets of the millionaire mind so oh. I was a coach I've always had a mentor like most I have a mentor currently who's in tech he just sold uh. the 1.25 billion two years ago so he's a millionaire now um I have multi-millionaires I have people you know diplomatic people just di- and I, I don't say that braggadociously yeah I used to say to myself because a part of thinking grow rich it mm. says the Rolodex right who can mm-hmm. you call and who's calling you are these yes. people in a good frequency and energy I'm like well how do I even find these people these type of environments right mm-hmm. from the first day days months years that I was learning this information I already wanted to share with everybody I'm just like oh my god like this is what we're missing like this is it like, okay this is the formula like this, this is, is it but I didn't have the qualification behind me I really hadn't made a bunch of money yet mm-hmm. I really didn't I haven't I hadn't practiced it long enough to be like oh so this is what I've been able to produce yes and then like when I was in seven years I'm like okay I, I now I know I have the experience I've made a million dollars I've done this I've done this I've done this, I've done this. but I still didn't have the certification mm. so I was like let me go and let me just go get license and insurance because insurance is one of the greatest wealth builders in America for the past yes. years. But we don't know that, right? So different, different certifications and things I needed because you're right. I am passionate about it. I'm going to devote about another three years to it. And then I'm off to live in the private ledger. Yes. <laughs> like you're, he's like, I get out. I'm good. Three years. And I love that. Like, you know, the thing is a lot of people just keep going and going till like, it's not for them anymore. Even though they, they passed that time. I love how you said in three years, I'm going to do the, stop this and do this. And that's called knowing your worth and knowing that your energy deserves another part of your life now. And I love that. One of my multimillionaire um, mentors was telling me that every 10 years, he would reinvent himself. I'm like, what do you mean? I do that. I do that. I want to hear about that. So I for sure do that. I start all over. Analogy from about the one through one through eighteen or twenty, right? So one through twenty, pretty much impressed by others. Twenty through thirty is where we should be again assessing, deciding, and dividing. This is something we need to do every day. It's not just for money. It's like for economic energy and emotions. Assessing how do you feel today, right? Mm -hmm. What do you want today, etc. But when it comes to the years, right? You can ask the same questions. Mm-hmm. Where am I right now in my life? Because we don't even stop. We just keep going. How do? And one of the most important questions, how do I know when I've arrived? Ooh. Ooh. When I'm assessing and I'm asking, hey, what's my mindset around money? Now an ideal. What's my relationship with money? Now an ideal. How do I know when I got there? Yeah. Ooh. How do I, I love know? That. Like, how do you know? I feel it's like it's different. different for everybody, right? It's different. It has it's to be different all, for everybody. And that's why we have to continuously assess because, hey, what if this is the peak of your career? Yeah. But you're looking at someone else who's on a whole different journey and you're like, <sighs> let me race to that person. But what you prayed for, and when I, I don't mean religious, or mm-hmm. I mean specifically, because prayer just means petition. That just means things you are repeating and com- commanding to yourself. You yes. are- petitioned yourself in this position that you're in this podcast 
hosts and owners, right? Mm -hmm. How do you know when you've arrived? The goal in the beginning was to start a podcast. We want to impact women. We want to help them. Now you guys are bringing finance amongst the other amazing topics that you guys explore about business and investing and just mindset. But how do we really measure the metrics? That was the part about the mastermind. They say to know if a mastermind is effective is to measure every 90 days if people are progressing or not. Yeah, it's such your yeah. goals. Like you don't know because what you said <laughs> a few years ago is like, I want to do this. I want to do that. But you know, you have to assess that because things are different. Things change. You change as a person. So you need to change your mindset because you've changed as an individual. Which and is like true. Said, she's reinventing her brand. I like to say brand, right? Because we're walking billboards. Yeah, we are. 2230, mm -hmm. to bring it back to a circle, we're assessing our skills. Mm -hmm. What yes. skills do I have right now? And this is for the younger women that are in she's in the nation, Slay Nation, right? What skill sets do I have now? What skill sets do I desire to have? Right? What skill sets do I want to create income producing activities around? What like what what skill sets do I want to do for profit? What skill sets do I want to do for passion? Mm -hmm. I have friends who are singers, very talented, and they did it as a passion, but because they never differentiated the two, it, it it's not the same. Now they're a struggling artist because they're trying to do it for profit. They never mm -hmm. assessed that this is not a skill set that was for profit. This is a skill set for passion. Some people, yes, it's a difference. Two different, different. two different worlds. It's two different. Two different worlds, right? So asking those questions 20 through 30 and like Heather said, reinventing. So 20 through 30, the first five years, you learn the skill. Mm -hmm. The next five years, you master the skill. If you want to continue mm -hmm. on with that skill, that's great. But what if we did that every 10 years? Like what if every 10 years, like Ooh. this year, we're doing podcasting, we're doing content creation, we're doing femininity and finance. What if like age 30, we're like, let's be pilots. <laughs> let's just start over. I, I legit... People think I'm crazy for doing that, but like I literally she's, just she does pivot that. all the time. And the people queen. in my life think I'm freaking nuts, but it's okay. So it's let me ask that. You, what is it that you're assessing that approves or authorizes your pivot for you? Not liking where I'm at currently, but you then, so right? I assess, yeah, I, I assess where how I'm feeling in my life, where I'm at. What do I, do I still want to do what I thought I wanted to do? Um, if that's changed, how has that changed? What do like, I really want to do? Um, and then I just make the decision to do it. I, I'm like, yeah, so I just, I don't do think ADD. about it. You already do ADD and you didn't even ask. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> See? And can we translate that to my money? <laughs> can I get some But, the, but the thing is, we do that, but we don't think it is. But I love how ADD is like so well thought out and like she just you just exit a perfect example of what you do your pivots is really because you've done the whole steps to get there which is key now on the other hand there's people who don't because again we've been indoctrinated mm. so there are people who we get into careers right can you imagine if at 19 or 20 there was a i went to college i went straight to a four university mm -hmm. i dropped out my second year do you know why because the first year i asked the counselor i said hey what should i be doing because I don't yeah. really know what my skills are. If someone would have asked me what I just asked right now, like, hey, so what are some of your skills? I could have said, well, I'm good at A, B, C, D, E. And I definitely don't want to do that for profit, but I would definitely <laughs> do that one for profit. Then I could have looked at a college catalog and said, okay, well, that makes it easy on the drop down box. <laughs> I'm just going to yes, go. go from there. Instead, I found myself on Indeed trying to figure <laughs> out which salaries paid the most. 
Yes. Because job description, like, this sounds stressful. I don't know. I'm like, I don't want to be stressed. I can't be stressed right now. I can't. I just can't. I want to enter into something a little bit less stressful, right? Yes. So I just went through my first year because I had a scholarship. And then the second year, I ended up going back again. Because, you know, you're taking general ed. So I'm saying, hey, what should I do? And they're like, it's up to you. And I'm like, no, talk to me about this. So I don't know what to do. And luckily, because I was an entrepreneur already, and I was making very good money in SEO and direct sales, like online marketing. I was like, you know what, I'm just going to pause this because I don't know what I want to do. And I don't want to force myself into something. Because my dad always told me, you know, don't be a worker bee. So he said worker bee. <laughs> but what about the people who don't have that? Yes. Yeah. They're forced to make a decision to find a salary that's going to pay off their student loans. They never have the opportunity that you have, Heather, which is to stop and assess and even have the courage to divide. Mm-hmm. Most of us assess, decide, but we can't divide. We can't divide. <laughs> nope. That, mm, mm, mm. A lot of people can't. 40 years. 50 years so it's a thing right what about you Sean do you have any have you had any major pivots in your career based on finance like profit or passion decisions on like what to do and how to do that let me think I do have like so she slays start off as a passion a passion and then my profit job was always something I went to school for and then I pivot my career from like advertising to like fashion journalism and from grad from undergrad to grad school and then I did a lot of like analyst positions and I decided to be a and d in like the HR world and just kept pivoting but it's just like where my energy was taking me and the connections I made throughout the years helped me like have different parts of like my career like oh I like doing this I like doing that why not do this career and it worked it is like it's like an easy it's been like an easy flow of me trying to like do slight pivots that became bigger pivots but not like a, these big pivots out of nowhere I'm very right. like I'm a very like analytical person that's what this makes sense there this makes sense there and I'm like a cause and effect person so I just like I'm not like a big like change your whole life around but I start doing things that I feel comfortable with right I'm learning from Heather I'm just gonna jump off the porch next yeah time. I don't know why I would, honestly I literally but honestly it's rough and I tell people that too I'm like because I am not reckless no, not like, at all. but I'm, I'm a risk taker for sure. I'm not reckless, but I'm a risk taker because I make calculated risks. Which um, is security versus predictability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's really just perfect. like, yeah, it, it's one of those things where I always tell people, I was like, it, it's a blessing and a curse because I jump full force mm-hmm. head first I don't think about it. It's like, this is what I'm doing. Now I'm going. And cause I'm a doer, but sometimes it's like a lot of times too, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to stress myself out or things take longer than I expected them to. And then I have to pivot or I have to shift or I have to, but it is really like, I'm just figuring it out as it comes to me, but I have a general direction of where I'm going. Right. And that's what this age is about. So I love it. I love, I love it. it. I love it here. Like I said, to sum up, right, the seminar, I want to go over it one more time. Yeah, bring sure it back, bring it back. Sense, right, the top of the page is that Slay Nation is securing a financial foundation. Mm-hmm. And so far, we went over the questions. Heather's question was, how do we implement this information? We have a ton mm. of information. 
And also, how do we know what information to implement? Because everything that we read online is not right, right? People are saying that IRAs and 401ks are going to get you to wealth. And the only person that makes wealthy is a financial carrier, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily make the person who's investing wealthy. So what is our mindset around money now? Mm -hmm. What is the mindset around money that we desire? That's the Mm -hmm. first The Mm -hmm. second question is, what is my relationship with money now? And what is the Mm -hmm. desired relationship that I want to have around money? Then the third question is, how do I know when I arrive? What do I taste, smell, hear, see once I'm the 10.0 version of Chauncey or the 10.0 version of Heather, right? Like, what does that look like? Then... You go and you start assessing because you've assessed your thoughts, right? Which is the first part. We've got our energy and emotion down. Let's get to the numbers and the economic is where I come in and what I do because we provide full comprehensive financial planning. Mm-hmm. But again, most people have never broken down their assets. I like to call it an asset audit, right? So you want to do the same thing where we're assessing where is your money now, right? Mm-hmm. How much are you earning? How much are you spending? Are you tracking and budgeting your money? Like, sometimes I ask people, how much do you make? And do you know they say, hold on, let me check. Oh, I know how much I make. Mm-hmm. Like, I know my money. Right? A lot of people, because you have a enlightened money consciousness. Yes. Know that they get paid every two weeks. So we need to know how much we have coming in, how much is going out. When you subtract those numbers, you get something called a bottom line. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's your assessment first, right? To assess where am I now? Right now, my bottom line is either positive or it's negative. That means either at the end of the month, I have more money than month or I have more month than money. Mm. (laughs) It's one of the two. And that's the first part of assessing is really getting clear. And it's hard, right? Sometimes, and the reason why I put it like economics with emotion and energy is because finance is like one of the most sacred things for people. People Mm. are like, very so emotional themselves they don't even want to look at it let alone have someone else look at it right mm-hmm. so really changing that relationship and assessing here's my bottom line if the bottom line is positive meaning i have more money than month now i have to make a decision yeah am i going to divide with this money Meaning go buy shoes, go to a concert, because now I figured out that I have more money at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Or am I going to construct it in a place where, where I can grow, protect, and save my money? Mm-hmm. Right? That's a major decision that we have to keep making over and over again. Yes. And so a part of what we do is we assist individuals how to use the same money three to four times, right? Which kind of goes into money velocity, which I was talking to Chauncey about, is money velocity is in essence, and I'll keep this short, but Money is currency, mm-hmm. correct? The base rate of currency is what? The current. base what? Yeah, current, yeah. The base rate of currency is current. If you look up current, it just means energy. I'll see what you did there. You just tying it all back, aren't you? You just tie it all back. Like when you see a current of water, it's just moving. And it, ha- it has its own flow. Money is energy. We, it is a tool, but it has a mind of its own. Like literally, mm. it's living or something, right? It's like those socks that disappear in the dryer where it's like- Right, you're like, um, where'd that go? <laughs> where'd the socks go? Because I have them in the dirty clothes, right? But money's energy. And so the acknowledgement that it's energy, we know that 
velocity means it keeps going. Mm. Right. So oftentimes we spend our money. There's the last three letters of the word spend is end. Uh huh. When I spend my money, I end the money velocity because mm. I can only use it one time. If I take my money from my account and I go buy a burger, I've never see the dollar again. Uh huh. Right. But if I take the money and I decide to put it somewhere to increase my money velocity, meaning yes. how much value that dollar has, I can use that dollar three to four times. Okay. So now it's just like decisions. Like what are the smarter decisions that you should what be making? Like if you're investing, that's money velocity. Your money is growing. Yes. If you're spending, your money is ending. Yes. That's it. Oh my gosh. Right. And then okay. there's an implementation phase, which of course requires working with a person who's in the space of assisting to help hold you accountable. I feel like we could have so many conversations, Alexis. I feel like this thing can go on forever. Um, we're gonna I, have- ha- I have, we, we are going to have like part two for sure. Um, we're going to definitely more episodes for that reason. For part two. Yes, we're going to definitely have uh, more because I feel like we are definitely onto something and I love, I love your take on this subject. I really do. I haven't met somebody who has this take on it and who breaks it down into a comprehensible, just quote unquote, normal people talk Um, instead of trying to woo me with all of these fancy words. And I'm like, all right, can you just like cut the shit? Like... Let me go Google that. What? <laughs> You're like, uh, hold up one second. What is? <laughs> you have your AI taking notes. <laughs> exactly. I was like, mm, I'm going to my AI take notes so that I can highlight later and be like, what did yeah. she mean by this? <laughs> right. And that's what a part of the millennial millionaires is about is really just making it an everyday topic and something that we talk about normally at the dinner table, right? Like just being clear. Hey, are you growing your money or spending it? It's very simple. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, are we focused on now or later? Yeah. And as millennials, we're always focused on now. We need instant gratification. And that's our downfall is that we want to feel the gratification now. So we want to buy the shoes now versus mm-hmm. putting the money in a place where it can multiply and I can use more of that. That money has more purchasing power later. That's all mm-hmm. people in investing are doing. So it's a thing, that. though. It's definitely a consistent it's It's a consistent thing and especially like where we are deprogramming ourselves so give grace where grace is needed and you know learn and actually implement these things um okay where can people find you get hold of you all that jazz i feel like instagram is the best place for now that's the most interactive is on instagram so okay and what is your handle it's actually are they going to be able to see this video um they'll be able to see well so it's on here. Screen. Some will watch. It's at symbol, the word Alexis. So A-L-E-X-I-S. And then H-O-L-I-F as in Frank, I-E-L-D as in dog underscore. So just my first name, last name underscore. All right. I highly recommend you pop on over and digest some of her information. I feel like I'm going to be digesting some of this information for a while. Um, and we will have you back on to talk further about this, Alexis. Thank you so much for joining us. We learned so much. Absolutely. It's a privilege and a pleasure. I guess my last question for you is what do you feel like would be most effective to assist your community at this time? You know what? Or to impact. If we could actually give our community 
maybe something like a free PDF of these steps or how they can chart it down themselves or anything like that. Because I know we are all different learners. A lot of us are visual, some are audio and visual, and some are just audio. So I feel like if we can give them access to that, that would be wonderful. Absolutely. I'll work on having my team put that together and send it over. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Oh my God, Slay Nation. It's been amazing. Um, I love... I loved this conversation in general and I feel like hopefully y'all be able to get this uh, free PDF here soon. Thanks so much, Alexis, for joining us. And until next time, Slay Nation, we'll catch you later. Yeah.